your mic is on, Don. If you still want to talk. Yeah, I'm sure. I can hear you. All right, cool. Uh, is there uh, is there anything sp uh, specific going on that I should know about? <sighs> Jeez, I, not that I can think of. No. Oh well, it, it's just been a while. Yeah, it's been a week or so. Um, who are you listening to? Lisa Cairns. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you showed me her stuff. Yeah, I was uh, a little surprised because I suppose, I suppose I never thought that I would come up with questions or things that would trip up one of the, the teachers that I uh, liked and, and listened to. But, of course, you know, it's easy to over-intellectualize things and... Confusing someone doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have a handle on what they're talking about. You know? What? It, tell me about it. Well, I had watched a video on YouTube that I suppose was a conference call between her and three other people, and there was a disagreement uh, between Lisa and someone else, and. You know, it, it was not like an argument or a fight or something like that, but they obviously disagreed. And I, I yeah. that stuck in my mind because to listen to these two people talk, you'd think that they had you know, similar understandings of things like that or similar ways of talking about it. But in my mind, uh, the viewpoints they were both describing were, uh, they couldn't both be correct. Each one was trying to describe something, and they never really got to a point where they were able to uh, kind of come to terms. It was more just like each side continuing to reiterate yeah. how they they described it. And so, I today I was trying to ask her about it, and she I don't know that she ever really got what I was saying, and. Uh, it brought to mind. Oh, I mean, can we back up a minute? Why are you so sure that they can't both be right? Um, well, or at least not incorrect. <laughs> in this particular thing they were talking about, um, Lisa was describing her the the viewpoint. I, I guess the the description that she normally gives about. Uh, there's not yeah, me here doing this or uh, me doing this. It's just this, uh, using the phrase, it's just this, all this stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And he was, uh, Tim Freak was saying something like, yeah, it's that plus, you know, this. And I think referring to the more individual or individuated consciousness like we can still be uh, people and and uh, have stories and things like that, and the deal is, I in my mind, there are two different viewpoints would each supersede each other. <coughs> like each one would be greater or explain the other one if it was correct. 
because on one hand, if you say this is just it, or I mean, uh, this is all there is, this experience uh, that is going on that's not being had by any one particular person, then obviously it can't also be that there is this all, uh, separate person with their story in here. Yeah, but then... Well, but see, neither of those can be the truth. Yeah, yeah. And They're and both that just day. stories. So I don't see why they can't both be useful stories under some circumstances. Well, they they kept obviously disagreeing in the, the yeah. conference call. So both and, of them then were claiming that their story was the real story. Well, that would know. be an error. <laughs> if, if you ask them about it, if they were here, I feel certain that they would both, they would both not, uh, not say not that. claim to yeah. be really attached to their story. Uh-huh. Uh, hold on. I need to fix my audio. One second. All right. Um, yeah. but please uh, speak again. Uh, I'm speaking again. No, it's real quiet for some reason. Well, I don't know what to tell you. That's a little better. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, um, the, the point of all this that I brought up was that I think that I might have been able to communicate a lot better if I was talking voice to voice oh, like yeah, this. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Instead of I, texting. Yeah, I, I hate text. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> So clumsy and slow. Well, and... I think that sometimes I make a mistake of assuming that everyone else is as comfortable with reading and, and texting and stuff as I am. Uh, yeah, that could be. I just find it, well, especially when, yeah, I, yeah, I need to talk to somebody to feel like I'm really communicating with them. Text just doesn't make it for me. I mean, it's it's useful for a lot of things, but uh, I need to be actually talking with people. Then I feel like I'm, you know, getting them or something. I'm not quite sure what what it is, but yeah. Well, you're you're also a, a reader. Yeah. So I mean, you may not like to type very much, but also I'm probably not going to be. If I were to type out a whole bunch of stuff, I'm probably not going to be typing things that's going to give you problems. Well, unless uh, unless you're giving me, unless I don't understand it, unless you're using words that are so abstract that I don't know what the hell they mean. I mean, there yeah. there could be all sorts of problems, but yeah, I'll I'll probably understand what you say as well as you do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, so I guess it is really interesting. It brought up the the question in my mind, like my am I over intellectualizing this stuff? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but you said you you brought up something that that stumped them, and I'm I'm just still curious to, as to what that was. You mean just the fact that they couldn't reconcile this difference, you mean? Or, or you yeah, brought up not, something that, that uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the, 
disagreement was not not at all reconciled in the original video with a conversation between four people and I I was very interested in it because that it seems to get right to the bottom of the the problem that people have or the block that they have in uh, kind of coming to terms with the main message of non-duality yeah and um, I just I guess I wanted to hear them either one of them talk more about it and I was not able to using text communicate my, my yeah. question uh, to her yeah well usually things like this at least from my perspective hinge on reifications they're using words that have meanings that they haven't defined for the purposes yeah. of the discussion and that ambiguity is what leads to the confusion and the disagreement because, in fact, what they're saying is literally meaningless, unless, of course, they define their terms, which they usually don't. Yeah. So the, the way to resolve it is to... See, this is where writing actually is helpful, would be to have each of them write down what their statement is, instead of speaking it. Because when people speak, of course, they keep changing, you know, to, to make it fit better if they get a little resistance or something they say it a different way or something but if you get people to write down their statement then you can tear it apart word by word and see whether <laughs> or not you know what they're actually saying and and what and ask about their underlying assumptions for this word or that word of course people hate doing that it's very uncomfortable well Yeah, I guess I guess I have the idea in mind that at least with one of them, the two people I was listening to, that they 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 know what they're talking about, even if they're not talking about it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's not. I guess that's just not easy to deal with. No. Well, that's where again we're writing it down allows you to find out where specifically they're not talking about it well and at least even if you can't solve the problem at least you can become aware of the fact that certain ways of using language just don't work very well even if you don't have anything better that may be the best we can come up with right now but it's not very good yeah but then that brings up another problem and this is something I was thinking of when you were describing the problems or some problems you were noticing with listening to uh, Eckhart Tolle talking mm -hmm. to people and they, they, his audience seeming to be just kind of get caught up in a, a different story then you know, how can this supposed awakened or enlightened person uh, not notice or not adapt what they're saying if they actually are have reached this advanced state or whatever. Well, because they haven't looked at it that way, that's all. Again, just because you're enlightened doesn't mean you learn anything new. I mean, I think enlightenment or whatever you want to call it is more about dumping old ideas, but just because you've got that doesn't mean your language machine has been reprogrammed. 
or at least not in a major way, you know. Well, I shouldn't say that, but um, the language issue is a separate issue. Just like I say, just because Eckhart Tolle woke up from the trance, his language machine is still the same. Well, very similar, <laughs> you know, and and uh, he still uses the language that he's comfortable using. Yeah. He is, you know, I've I've listened to some recent things, relatively recent, and he seems to be changing a little bit too. I, he's actually, you know, the 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 phrase "the voice in your head" is becoming more and more common now. I hear a lot of people talking about it with just those words, "the voice in your head." <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know if I started it or if I just picked it up from somebody else, but. But more and more, I, I keep hearing people talking about the voice in your head. You know, I think, yes, you know, that's what we're talking about. Fuck your mind. You know, who the hell knows what a mind is? I don't know what a mind is, but I do know about the voice in my head. <laughs> I'm sorry, you got me thinking about something else. I, uh... I don't always have a lot of focus. <laughs> oh, yeah. I I did a lot of that the meditation that you prescribed for me and I'm I'm very happy with the results. Well, um actually I don't want to talk about that here and now. Uh, you and I need to have a, a private conversation about this. Okay. Um, and we can do it on Skype sometime, or um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not quite sure, but we'll set up a time for that. Did I mess something up? No, no. It's just um, I want to. I want to. I just. I'm not quite sure how I want to talk about this yet. Uh, okay. But I mean. I, I'm oh, developing well. a system, you know, that I, I, I I'm going to start teaching. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, and so you're sort of an experimental case, <laughs> you know, for me. Well, without talking about the uh, the activity specifically, could I talk about, uh, I guess, some of the results? No, no. Actually, that's the thing is I I don't. What the reason I want to do this is uh, because this is probably. Or my my bet is that it's going to get very personal with you, not just with you, but with all any student I may have, and, or uh, client or whatever, and and I don't, and and the record and I want to record them, but that those recordings are not going to be available to the general public. They're only going to be available to other students. That makes sense. Uh, I mean, I do want to, you know, I think it's important that they be recorded for for your analysis and for mine and for anybody else who's seriously pursuing this stuff it'll go into a special bin for you know that only students will have access to well i have a lot of the the my reactions and things written down on my little log there oh um, good yeah yeah i i i must admit i did not do it as much as uh as was prescribed, but I did spend a total of hours doing it. Yeah. And uh, 
I guess there's no need for me to make excuses or whatever, but I had some weird crap come up uh, in my life. Well, weird crap, yeah, that's called life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Get used to it. And this stuff stirs everything up, too. So, you know, <laughs> this is just asking for it. <laughs> well, in any case, uh, I, I often have felt a lot of gratitude. So, thank you. Oh, good. All right. Yeah. Um, if, if, yeah, tonight won't work, but maybe, um, maybe tomorrow night if you want to. Uh, any, anyway, in the next couple of days, I mean, or whenever you're ready to sit down and talk about, because I want to add some stuff and, and, um, you know, and just talk about generally how this is going to go. So, uh, so we need to talk at some point. All right. Well, I should also probably uh, do it more, or, or I think maybe soon, recently before talking about it again. So. Uh, well, do just do whatever you can do. We're going to talk about all of that stuff. Because all if right. I'm going to formalize this as a teaching activity, then, then there are going to be commitments on your part to do certain things. And... Um, and and on my part to do certain things. So, but again, uh, this isn't the place to talk about it. Okay. Well, um, did, that's sort did of. We cover, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Did we cover what I was uh, talking about before? I don't know. That's up to you to decide. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Um, Let's see here. What did I write? I I don't know why I thought it was a good idea to do this, but I came up with that Firefox theme for the browser uh -huh. for that uh, science and non-duality thing. Yeah. And I, uh, I I don't have the ability to go to it. It's in October, I think. But I I wish I could. And they're but they're going to use your your image there. Well, I, I hope so. I, I didn't design it in any kind of official capacity, but I just, I was like, well, hell, I, I want to do this, and yeah, I did it. Yeah. And I so you did it, it and them. sent it to them. I linked it to them on Facebook, and they, on their uh, their Facebook page, and they, they liked it. And, and of course, and I, I don't really know who there has a hold of it. But, yeah. Um, yeah, cool. I would have sent it to their email, but they don't seem to publish an email address on their website. Uh, they don't want anybody contacting them, apparently. Yeah. It just has one of those little uh, HTML forms for plugging in uh, a message. Oh, okay. So you can message them, though. There is a way for you to get information to them. Yeah, assuming that someone reads it. Well, assuming somebody reads their email. You know, that's yeah. no guarantee either. <laughs> they put their phone number on it, but I don't know. Ah. I mean, you, you can't very well read out a long URL on the phone. <laughs> HTTP yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's not a good way. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I had trouble communicating with someone in text, and... I've noticed 
you completely outside of all of the uh, this field of endeavor, uh, awakening and, and spirituality, stuff like that. Many times in my life I've noticed or I've observed other people having difficulty reading things out loud in English. Mm-hmm. Like they might skip a word. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a good reader. You know, I I hate reading out loud. I mean, sometimes I can do it. Sometimes it flows really well, and other times I just stumble through it. It's pathetic. Yeah, that that's that's something that a lot of people seem to struggle with, and it's strange to me because it comes very naturally to me, even when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. um, Yeah, I was a terrible reader as a kid. I never. I didn't really start reading until that Alan Watts book when I was 21. I mean, I, I, I may have read two or three books in my whole life up to that point. <laughs> and, uh, and that book turned me into a reader. But I'm still not a fast reader. I'm a good reader, but I'm slow. Well, when you're not reading out loud, you don't feel as though you're stumbling over every other word, do you? Uh, no, bec- no, but I read, I read slow. Like I say, I, it can take me months to read a book. Hmm. You know, but I but again, my reading process is very different. I may read a paragraph and then put the book down and think for ten minutes. Yeah, you know, and then read the paragraph again. I suspect that people who grew up with a phonetic alphabet will not have so much trouble reading out loud. Well, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, when we were doing the science insanity thing, I read one of those, and that was just fucking embarrassing. I hated that. <laughs> and you got the text-to-speech thing. Yeah, yeah, that was much better. I remember that. Yeah, that was before That was before um, the, the Zeitgeist server killed all their, <laughs> their channels. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't I wish I was it's funny because sometimes I am a good reader. You know, especially like if it's just a short paragraph. It it's when I'm a long if there's a long thing, uh yeah, after a while I just I don't know I don't know what it is. I'm I'm good. But it, it's not—it's not fun, and and it doesn't sound good. It wouldn't be any fun to listen to me reading. Yeah. Are Are you one of those people who hates the sound of their own voice? No. I hear people say that sometimes. Well, that's, yeah. Usually, what that means is they've never—they're just not used to hearing their voice. They—they they hear it, and it just sounds so different than what they thought it sounded like. But once yeah, you get familiar with it, then you don't even pay any attention to it anymore. I remember the very first time I heard myself recorded, I was shocked. Yeah. I thought, "That's not me. I don't talk like that." <laughs> the uh, awkwardness. Well, no, it was. It's just that it literally sounds different when you talk. The sound you're hearing is being conducted through the bones in your head. Mm. It's just a whole different quality of sound than you get when when your ears are being stimulated from the outside and the sound is going only through your eardrums. 
when you speak, most of what you're hearing is not going through your eardrums at all. It's, it's five, your whole head vibrates with your speech. So it just sounds different. But you get used to it once you've heard yourself recorded, you know, five, ten times, uh, then that, diff, you know, you just, you just become familiar with it and it doesn't bother you anymore. But like yeah. I, I remember the very first time when I was a kid, you know, I mean, I don't remember how old I was, I mean, maybe 10 years old or something, but we had a tape recorder and I said something and played it back and I was, I was just shocked. It just it didn't sound like me at all. Mm. You know, it could also be, uh, it, it could also have to do a little bit with uh, their, a, uh, uh, in, unfamiliar people being unfamiliar with observing themselves and investigating identity and stuff like that yeah because they're often not listening to themselves when they're speaking <laughs> yeah 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 there, there's more to it than just the sound quality thing but that was what what yeah the fact that i may be saying stupid things i mean that's except yeah. the content is different from the the quality of the sound but what what i noticed the first time i heard myself recorded was it just didn't sound like me or at least what i thought i sounded like you know i was just shocked you, you know when when you're growing up and when i was growing up uh kids can say all kinds of crap and then it just kind of disappears but now kids growing up today when they say things it gets recorded online and it's on there forever <laughs> they can't get away from it yeah 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 i remember a long time ago i did this uh day-long workshop at some hotel place you know i mean there was several people doing workshops and anyway somebody recorded it and uh, I listened to it afterwards, and I just was fucking humiliated. I just thought, Jesus. I mean, and this wasn't because of of my voice. I mean, I was already very familiar with what I sounded like, but it was just listening to me talk. I was just so full of shit. Just, you know, just, <laughs> just, you know, just was pathetic. I mean, I didn't know at the time about the five stupidities of English. I knew it was bullshit, but I didn't know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it does seem as though people trying to talk about uh, what they're talking about when they say things like spirituality and non-duality sounds yeah. like they may be working at a disadvantage if they do not have any familiarity with investigating language and stuff like that. Well, yeah, I think that applies to almost any subject that anybody wants to talk about. Language is, it, it is, that's the name of the game when you're thinking in language, you know, if you don't understand. To me, you know, the analogy to architecture is really good. You know, if you're going to be an architect, you have to understand the properties of the building materials you're using. If you're going to build a 80-story skyscraper, you're probably not going to build it out of bricks. You know, you're you're going to use all sorts of high-tech 
stuff that has very specific parameters of strengths and tense, you know, all sorts of things. And, and as an architect, you have to understand the building materials or otherwise what you build is going to collapse. And it's sort of the same thing with language. If you're going to come up with theories, if you're going to try to explain things and build stories that make some sense and are useful, it would be helpful if you understood something about the nature of the the materials that you're building your theories with. Yeah. And so it doesn't. It, it's a completely separate issue from whether you're going to build, you know, an outhouse. You know, or an 80-story skyscraper or a church or a strip mall or a house or, you know, whatever. They're all different, but still, you know. Actually, I suppose if you're building a lean-to in the backyard, a shed, you probably don't need to know too much about, I mean, probably some two-by-fours and some sheets of plywood will do, sort of, anyway. And you don't really have to need much. But if you're building anything of any substance and size, then you really have to know what the hell you're using and what your materials can stand up to. So if you're trying to do any serious thinking, that, that's my sense. I mean, I mean, you can go to the store and buy some salt, probably, <laughs> you know, without screwing that up. <laughs> but but if you're trying to build some philosophical thing or understand something about the way the world works, then it would seem that if you don't take a look at language and find out how it works, then you're probably doomed to fucking it up. Yeah. Well... I don't know, there could be some value in someone uh, acknowledging, displaying and acknowledging the just the, the failings of the language to describe what they're saying and, and helping the, the student uh, realize that and, and go beyond just yeah. the thought. Yeah. Yeah, it's again and again, the, that analogy to electricity in 1800, you can imagine the difficulties they had in those 200 years between 1800, well, 300 years, well, 200, between 1800 and 2000, uh, to develop that technology and be able to speak clearly about electricity. In, in the beginning, it must have just been maddening. You know, I mean, there, there, there was no accurate language at all. There was just a bunch of folk wisdom and, you know, stories and shit. But, you know, it's just, uh, it, it took a long time and many, many people over a couple hundred years working together to develop language that worked. Well, don't you... Don't you suppose that this particular um, field might might include things that will always defy thought and language? Yes, it may very well, but it would be good to know where those boundaries are. It's useful to know when you're saying something that actually sort of makes sense and when you're full of shit. Yeah. Or, or that your language just doesn't even get close to trying to talk about what you're trying to talk about. That doesn't prevent us from trying, but it's just good to remember that we're stumbling around in the dark. 
Yeah, I guess there's just a a part of me that's balking at the uh, at the idea that, or the implication that that analogy brings up that it's it's just the on the same order of experience as as just like this phenomenon of electricity and it's just another thing scientifically that we approach an understanding of and uh well how is it not just that i i guess i guess there's some uh attachment to the idea of it being beyond or special or something like that which it's hard to get rid of that, I guess, because uh, as you have mentioned in the past, that's uh, how they sell the, uh, this idea, <laughs> enlightenment and all that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it would seem to me that science is really all we have. It's extremely limited, and that's what I mean. Is it really it becomes comes down to sort of getting comfortable with how little we really know, you know, and just admitting, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, you know. Up to this point, it sort of makes sense, you know, and, and it's not a bad story. But, but um, you know, see, ultimately, I guess I'd say that there is this sort of unbridgeable gulf between language and whatever it is it's trying to talk about. That really, language just won't get us where we want to go. It's it's mm. it, it it'll get you up to the door. <laughs> Maybe, but <laughs> well, no. See, these are all bad language. <laughs> yeah, it to me, it's getting getting comfortable with not knowing. Well, I I like that part, but uh, so much of the uh, science going on today. Um, really, even like the far out there stuff still seems to talk about everything in very uh, known, defined, quantifiable uh, terms and things, and speaking as though it's only a matter of time before it's all known and mapped out. And well, that's not science. Th those are individual people saying things like that. Yeah. Science doesn't say anything, of course. There is no such thing as science. They're just scientists, and they all have varying degrees of, uh, you know, damaged language machines. So they, yeah, scientists are capable of saying all sorts of stupid shit. They can go in, in the lab and do really good work as long as they got their white lab coat on. But then when they come out and start talking about it, they fall back into all sorts of stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I guess you could you could uh well, all right, never mind. That's that's dumb. <laughs> Listen, just because it's dumb is no reason not to say it. You never can tell what can come out of something dumb. <laughs> well, I was thinking of, of altering what you said earlier about uh the 
gurus and things where you could say it's really easy to be a scientist when you got your white lab coat on <laughs> you there in front of your work, workbench. Yeah, and yeah your, it is your, when you uh, go home and your wife is in a shitty mood and you know, and your TV just broke. <laughs> you know, and you got a flat tire in your car. That'll take care of your scientific attitude real quick. <laughs> Yeah, the, the part I like is the, the approach based on that, starting from the point of, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's and just that, such a liberating position. And it's so yeah. rare. Yeah, but after you get used to it, it's, it, it really covers just about everything. It's rare in the world, yeah, but, but for you personally, it, it, it can take over relatively easily. And what, I mean, once you get, you really don't know. <laughs> you know, there's no fooling yourself anymore. You don't know, and you know you don't know. Yeah. The, it's it's the it's the approach of most uh, official, formal uh, the the people in charge going about things in in every different. Field. It's a. It's that knowing feeling. Like, yeah, we got this. Oh, listen to politicians. They know everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They know how to fix everything. They know the other guys are completely wrong. They don't know what the fuck they're doing, but we know. We know how to fix it all. <laughs> Or, yeah, well, just about everybody. I mean, that's the stand. Like I say, that's one of the, I would say, one of the big things that if that changed in the world, that would make a lot of difference if everybody just really admitted that they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And that, you know, I mean, wow. That would, that would be wonderful. <laughs> but everyone's yeah. going around pretending like they know, and then kids grow up in that environment and seeing people always being totally sure of everything they say and do. And they begin to act that way themselves because that's the way to act. And pretty soon they take that on. You know, I mean, as kids, they, they know they don't know. But by the time they hit their early 20s, then, you know, they're expected to know everything. And they do. And be very decisive. <laughs> yeah, right. To be sure about what they're doing. And I mean, they can admit they don't. But, I mean, they see that as a kind of shortcoming, not as a just standard part of the way it is yeah but i mean everybody is going around pretending to know what the hell they're doing and nobody does but everybody thinks everybody else does so they're very busy pretending that they do too <laughs> it's really stanislaw lim i think it was wrote a really great short story about uh there was this this planet of robots, and and they they'd sent people there to infiltrate it, uh, and they were, uh, but they never came back. And and what they did is they sent these people up and they put them in robot costumes, you know, and they walked around with all the other robots and pretended to be robots, and they were supposed to be there to to uh, you know observe and take notes and figure out how they could 
take over or something. And they, but none of them ever came back. None of them ever reported. No one knew what happened to them. And they sent this another crew out there, and they went. And what they found was that there weren't any robots. It was all a bunch of people pretending to be robots, but they all thought everybody else was a real robot. <laughs> and everybody had convinced everybody that they were all real robots, but they were all just people dressed up in robot costumes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, it's not a very good explanation of it, but it was a damn funny story. <laughs> hmm. Have you ever read any of Stanislaw Lamb? I don't think so. Uh, one of my favorite books of his is a book called The Siberiad. C-Y-B-E-R-I-A-D. It's a book of short stories about two... Uh, robot buddies who have these adventures in each story. You know, it's, it's like 10 or 12 short stories or so. And, and, uh, and it's all about the adventures of Kloposius and True Earl, who, who are these two robot guys. And it's a, that's a great book. It's just so much fun. It's just, it's just one of the most funniest and, and most entertaining and thought-provoking books I've ever read. So C Y B E R I A D. Yeah. All right. The Siberiad. Stan Stanislaw Lem. Lem is his last name. L E M. Okay. And Stanislaw just sort of like it spelled like it sounds. All right. I'm gonna look that up. Yeah. Yeah. You'll you'll enjoy that book. I suspect. Not surprised there's a XKCD comic about it. I typed the, in Google. Of the Siberian? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm going to. Give me a link to that. Oh, it's not his comic, it's something in his forums. Oh, okay. Someone mentioned it, apparently. Yeah. That's a weird cover for for that. That's not the the book I had had a very different different cover. I mean, it's 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 a very funny book. It's a very witty book. What's amazing is that Lem wrote in Polish. This the book uh, was translated by a guy named Michael Candle, and uh, there's a lot of poetry in in the book. Uh, and what's amazing is that. He's able to translate the poetry into English, preserve the rhyme and the meter. And, I mean, of course, I have no idea how close it was to the original, but it re the book reads like it was written in English. I mean, it's, Michael Candle is just an amazing translator, I guess, because the book is so fun to read. It's got such uh, such what's the word I'm looking for? It's just got such a good rhythm to the words, the way it all flows, you know. And the, it's just amazing that it wasn't written in English. I mean, shit. For all I know, maybe Lem is a shitty writer, and it's all it's all Michael Candle that's, that I like so much. <laughs> I guess that's possible. Yeah. Yeah, this must be one of those. Uh, Classics or uh, out of print something or other. Looking at the uh, 
some of the prices on Amazon. Oh, really? Are they expensive? Well, it says it lists two copies of Leatherbound something for $109. Oh, there must, aren't there just some used paperbacks? Yeah, yeah, there are. For like $3 or something? <laughs> uh, 11 11 yeah. is the cheapest? Uh, unless you go for the Kindle version. How much? There's a Kindle version of the Siberian? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I'm surprised there is. That's cool. Mm. But $11 is the cheapest you can get a real copy of that. It says temporarily out of stock. Yeah, but don't, doesn't it have anything used? You know, usually, that's, let me, I'm going to take a look myself here. They're all Yeah, I, I typically don't like used books. Really? Oh, yeah, you can get it for $3.38. Well, if it was a book that was used but not messed up in any way, I wouldn't mind. But Yeah, see, I buy most of my books used. Uh, well, let's just see. Paperback used. Okay, yeah, this uh, the first one, $3.38. Condition is very good. Excellent condition, light curling on the cover. Corner tip wear, faint surface dings on the back cover. Yeah, you can get it for, yeah, and a lot of these are very good. I've bought, yeah, I've bought a lot of books from uh, used, and I've been very happy with that. As long as the condition says very good, they've... And you look at the you know the reviews on the the seller if they're like ninety eight or ninety nine percent or whatever even anything over like ninety five percent, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I guess I'm coming from my experience of getting library books and they're just filled with food stains and cat hair oh, and yeah. smell like smoke and <laughs> I just hate it. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, that I I agree with you, but uh, they've uh, like I say I've I've bought a lot of used books from Amazon and I've been very happy with them. All right. Well, yeah, the book uh, the shipping is more than the book is four bucks to ship it. It's only three thirty eight to buy it. <laughs> and that, and there's a can a, a Kindle version you said. Yes. Oh yeah, and it's only eight ninety eight seventy nine. Interesting. Of course, you can probably find it on some kind of torrent. For oh yeah, free. you could probably get it for free. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to know that it's. Uh, I just hate buying paper books now. I mean, if I can, I get them, you know, in ebook format. Yeah, Lem is one of my very favorite all-time writers. He's just uh, he's just so much fun and so thought-provoking. That's what's interesting is it's funny, but it's also really thought-provoking. Well, now, is that a good thing? <laughs> yeah, if that's what you're looking for. I mean, if you're going to read, what's the point of reading? I mean, if you don't want to provoke thoughts, you probably wouldn't want to read.
yeah, I still got a lot of. Confusion, I suppose, in my in my mind about all that stuff I was talking about with the difference between uh, thought and and uh, and consciousness and or awareness or whatever. But I I I feel a lot happier about where I'm at right now than I, <laughs> I had before. Well, um. Yeah, a lot of confusion. Interesting. Um, see, I'm not sure I'd use that word. What you're aware of is how badly coordinated your language is about those things. But the fact that you're aware of that, well, yeah, confusion. Hmm. Well, I, I mean, suppose. if you're confused and you don't know you're confused, then then everything is just fucked up and confusion doesn't even come into the issue. Once you understand that you're confused, that that's a whole different game then. Oh, well, yeah, but that, uh, that's something I, that's a program I've had running all my life. I've been trying to understand things. Ah, as as ah okay. All right. Yeah. But, but then, just how much value is there in understanding ah, something yeah. intellectually yeah. very well. Yeah. Well, it can be good. It's not a bad thing. Like I say, the, the important... To me, uh, again, the, the whole idea of having stories is, is, sort of solves all that. What, what you're looking for is some good stories that, that are more or less satisfying and, and provide you with a means for acting in the world. Yeah. At least that's the way I I view it. I've got some stories that I can fall back on when I'm not quite sure what to do. I mean, usually what to do is pretty obvious, but sometimes it's not, and it requires some thinking. And at those times, I've got some good stories that I use. It doesn't make any difference, you know, whether they're true or not. Again, that, that, that's just not even an issue. They're just stories, and it's just so. To me, so this idea of seeking understanding, it probably that way of thinking about it, probably gets in the way, as opposed to having some stories that you can use when you don't know what to do next. Yeah. Well, I I'd have to say that my experience. Confirms or agrees with what you're saying because I, I've gone from confusion to understanding <laughs> things over and over and over again, and still here I am. <laughs> and doesn't make that much difference. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's where this breaking the identity with the voice, I think, really goes a long way. In fact, I think that's just about all of it. As long as you're stuck in a story, then you're. That, that's not a good place to be at least as far as I can see it. If you've got a story that you like and you can use and you understand it's just a story and it's not perfect and it won't do everything, but it may help sometimes. Uh, I don't know. That, I don't know. That feels pretty comfortable to me. Yeah. But but it's hard because the because the the predominant 
idea in the world is that there really is a way that the world really is and that you need to understand how the world really works <laughs> and and that if you and, and that once you understand that then you'll be able to to live you know the kind of life you want to live if you, once you know the truth and that that strikes me as just a deadly way of thinking about things well it's I guess it's difficult for me specifically not to downplay other people's problems with this, but I I have been running with uh, very uh, intellectual goals and tendencies for most of my life, and yeah. always reading and stuff like that, and thinking, yeah. and, and uh, once you've done something for so long, you, you kind of want to keep doing it. And I, or you, you tend to default to that. And, yeah. Uh, well, and plus, you know, you're already in a tiny percentage of the population. The vast majority of people don't seriously pursue knowledge of any sort whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, most people don't ever give any of that a, a serious thought. You know, probably at least 90%. They're too busy just making a living and trying to survive and get laid, you know. Uh, they just don't have time to sit around and think about all this shit. So there's only a few, I mean, it's a small percentage of people who have what I call the itch, you know, that just need to try to understand all this shit, you know. So you're you're in a really rarefied atmosphere, and but living in a world where that is not valued or even devalued, then, you know, that, that alone can create problems. Yeah. Well, that, that's true. But one of the things I'm doing right now is kind of questioning the, the value of the, the intellectual mm. uh, activity. That's a good thing to question. I said, it's definitely important and useful but it's it's a it's of limited use and the challenge is to find out you know where it works where it doesn't work you know and what it's good for and what it's not good for well uh, my understanding of things like zen for example is that it's not a it's not an intellectual endeavor it's it's, uh, I mean, there's plenty of things that you can learn and books you can read, but that's not like, uh, you know, if you only knew this part or if you only understood yeah. this, then you probably yeah. get it. You know? Yeah. The, the getting it part is yeah. not the not slap in the you face. Think. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. That, that's an important, yeah. For me, that's what Zen is about, too, is, you know, all the intellectual bullshit is. Ah, well, you know, Zen, shit, that's a tough one to talk about, just because of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can, I can sit here and I can think and think and think and think and not realize that I am continually thinking, thinking without, yeah. without renewing in each moment my uh, conscious decision to, yeah. to be involved in that. And then something can happen, and I can stop and yeah. think, 
or well, not think, but just like observe. Well, just stop. Yeah. When I'm reading, like I say, I'll, I'll read a paragraph and I'll put the book down and, and I don't try to guide what I'm going to do. I just, I, I read something that was interesting that seemed to have stimulated something. And so I just put the book down and I just, I'm just there and I just sort of see what comes up. You know, it, 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 it's, and sometimes something kind of interesting comes up and other times not, you know, but sometimes I'll spend 10 minutes in this sort of weird state where I'm not really guiding my thinking anywhere. I'm just sort of open, I'm just sort of paying attention to what my language machine is doing. But my language machine has been so interfered with for so long now, <laughs> it's hard to to know you know, what experience other people have, you know, I mean, because my own experience is, well, that's the only thing I have direct access to, and it, and it's, I suspect, probably not like most people's, but, I mean, it is probably on some levels, but, well, I just don't know, you know, I, I don't know. Well, you and I seem to communicate pretty well. Yeah, yeah, I can communicate with a lot of people, actually. But again, even that, I still don't know. I don't even know what's going on in my own head, really. <laughs> yeah. Like I say, I, I read a, 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 a paragraph and, and it, something's going on in my head, I guess. <laughs> you know, my language machine is saying all those words that I just read off the page. And, and it makes me want to put the book down and just sort of be with that for a while until I decide to pick up the book and read the next paragraph. I don't do that. But it does sound familiar to me in a different context. Um, normally, Normally when I'm reading, I just kind of blaze through large sections of the text mm -hmm. uh, all at one time. But there are often times when I'm watching uh, a lecture or something on YouTube, some, some teacher or whatever talking mm -hmm. about something, and I, sometimes I stop it because yeah. I, I feel, I, I reach this point where I feel like, wow, they explained that so well that I really don't need anything else. Yeah, just let's just sit with this for a little yeah. bit here and see where yeah. that goes. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess that well, happen. that surprises me that you don't do that when you're reading, too. Well, reading, to me, is different. I think that people use language differently when they're... Sure, yeah. Well, yeah reading. reading and listening are extremely different. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that... Well, it may have something to do with the books I'm reading, but when uh, usually when I'm reading, it's not um, when you're reading a book. They feel free to the author is then free to go in depth and to sit there and work out the exact way to to explain something, mm -hmm. and it's. I think there's probably not as much uh, poetry, unless, of course, you're reading poetry. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it depends on who you're re reading. I mean, the authors, you know, I mean, 
yeah, it depends on who you're reading. Some of them are very poetic. Yeah, I guess the thing is that a lot of these, uh, the, I guess you say gurus uh, that I listen to on YouTube, most of them have like a book or two out where they've yeah. uh, written down their deal. But uh, I think the most benefit comes from them talking to people with, with problems and things yeah. like that. And um, crap, where am I going with this? Well, you, you see it in, in, you see how it works. And I mean, and when you're reading something, I mean, that's really, yeah, it's just, talking is just much more real for me. You know, I mean, yeah. You know, you, you get to see the process itself. When, in, in a book, you, you really see the results of the process, but you don't see the thinking they went through to get to that, usually. Yeah. You know, you, you just see they've cleaned it all up, and it says it very clearly. And, uh, you know, but that's certainly not how they arrived at that. Have you seen videos with uh, Francis Lucille? No. He's a, a French guy who speaks English pretty well. And he most... Well, every talk I've seen so far is is in English, and he, um, it's like what you just said, where he, if someone will ask him a question, and he very patiently listens to this person struggling to describe what they're talking about, and and oftentimes he's just sitting there, paused, listening to it. And, and you think, like, okay, he's having trouble with this or something. And then he starts speaking, and it's, it is a, a very well-formulated, yeah. thought-out thing. Yeah. And um, a guy that used to really blow me away was uh, Werner Erhard, the guy who did Est. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I don't know. Have we ever talked about that before? It doesn't sound familiar. Okay. Uh Est was back in the, I guess, early 80s or maybe even late 70s. I'm not sure when it started. It was uh, Est is Erhard Seminar Training. It was a sort of weekend Zen or two-weekend Zen intensive. I mean, that's not what they called it, but that has a lot to do with it. Anyway, he, he, he'd often... Uh, you know, have these, uh, I mean, he was a big deal. I mean, there, he'd have a, uh, give a talk at some place and they'd rent some big auditorium. There'd be like, you know, 8,000 people there, you know, uh, coming to hear him talk. And after he'd talk, he'd open it up to questions. And these people would, you know, get the mic and start saying all this stupid shit that just used to just <laughs> piss me off, you know, just... You know, I, I, just, I just would have told him to shut up, give the microphone to somebody else, you asshole, you know. But Werner somehow had the ability to weed through all that and, and get to what was actually on their mind, which often had almost nothing to do with what it sounded like they were talking about. Yes. And, and I was just blown away by how he could take some asshole who was just build a bunch of bullshit for three minutes saying nothing and and drill into something and the guy would leave in tears <laughs> you know when, when Werner got to what was actually going on he, he was just when well, he's still alive he's an amazing guy shit he's up in his 70s now or something but 
he's he's uh, he was an amazing well he still is an amazing guy made a big difference in a lot of people's lives still is his seminar you know that's something you might consider uh, the est training is no more but landmark forum is uh, the current uh, incarnation of the S training. They changed. He sold. He doesn't have anything to do with it anymore. But uh, he sold it. But the company is called Landmark Education, and they still do weekend seminars all over the world. And all I can tell you is that everybody I know who's ever done the Landmark or Est will tell you that it's one of the most important events in their lives. They can't tell you exactly why <laughs> or, or just exactly what happened, but, uh, but they will almost – I've never met anybody who's done it who, who doesn't say, yeah, that was one of the best things I ever did. Cool. It's kind of expensive, though. I think it's like four or 500 bucks for a weekend now. Maybe it's not that much, but it, it's pretty expensive. Well, that's not – that's almost as much as that damn – Science and duality thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's too bad. But again, to put on these kinds of things, it takes money. So you know, um, that was one of the things that I often wrestled with when I first got into this stuff. Uh, but you know, all the books costed money and that kind of thing. And oh, well, Dan Millen has this seminar. How much does it cost yeah, to go there? Yeah, yeah, one thousand dollars. Yeah, sure. Know? Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, you know, I was always. Thinking things like, well, shouldn't this be for everyone? Shouldn't yeah. this be free? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, I and I never had any money. So, I mean, I, it was a big deal. I was lucky. I managed to get a, a scholarship to do the EST thing. I, I didn't have to pay for it. It was, when I took it, I mean, this is like back in the early 80s maybe or maybe the late 70s. I'm not quite sure. And it was like $400, three or $400 back then for two long weekends and they were long weekends i mean you'd go in there on saturday morning at eight o'clock you'd show up at this hotel room and there'd be like 500 people in this room at eight o'clock on saturday you wouldn't get out until two o'clock in the morning mm. with two like you had a lunch break for an hour and two bathroom breaks and the rest of the time you're just there <laughs> you know, and then you come back Sunday again at eight in the morning and get out at like two in the morning on Monday morning, and then come back the next weekend and do the same thing. It's not it's not nearly that intense now. Apparently, apparently it still works, but uh, the world has changed enough that back in the late seventies, that was what it took to to get through people's bullshit, but apparently people's bullshit is easier to get through now. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's just one weekend and it, it's long. I mean, it's still like from eight in the morning to like maybe 10 at night or something. It, it's, it's still a long weekend, but, but, uh, well, I don't know. I, I like I say, I haven't done the new training, so, but I've talked to a lot of people who have and, and they all say, yeah, that was great, man. I'm glad I did it. <laughs> Well, I don't think I've heard of it, but I got it on my... Uh, yeah, my take a look. look yeah, they probably... Well, yeah, they probably uh, do them somewhere near you, you know, maybe once or twice a year or something. I don't uh, know. I don't know how much... Yeah, I don't know how active they are. Shit, they may not even be in business. I mean, I haven't even looked at it for years, so, I mean, it's last time. Did you find Landmark Education? Are they still there? 
Um, I I have the, just the search on Google, but uh, well, let me, I'm going to do a search here myself because I'm I'm a little curious. It says movies transformation, the life and legacy of Werner Herzog. Landmark Forum. Okay, it's called landmarkworldwide.com. Okay. Transformation. This this sounds a little bit like Gurdjieff. Oh, it's the same old. You know, it's all the same shit. You know, it's, it's like I said, it's essentially Zen. Real, well, one. Well, I. Well, let's see how much it costs. It says register now. Just the, the front page just says register. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even try to sell you. Just register. Yeah. <laughs> the internet. That's that's one of the things that I'm. Well, I may need to go into that next time. It's already uh, it's already seven, but uh, I don't know how much of a, a hurry you are to get out of here. But uh, um, hold on here. I'm j I'm just looking at wh why. What do you got? Well, okay, um, yeah. Shit. For instance, in L.A., they've got. Um, Three events this year, September, okay, 13, 14, yeah, it's over a week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, Monday evening probably, and Friday evening, uh, but they've got three three landmark forums going on uh, in L.A. Uh, in September and in October, and uh, it costs $550. Well, That's cheaper than it used to be with inflation and everything, because it was like 400 when I took it in 1980 or whenever it was. So. But of course, it's only one weekend now. It was two weekends then. Maybe I'll be able to do with uh, a book or a movie or something about it instead of... Uh, no, there is no anything about it. Being in that room, uh, there is, a movie is not the same thing. Oh, well, yeah, I... I got to. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's stuff, there are dynamics. I mean, for one thing, it's real interesting to be in a room with 500 people and one guy in the front who's able to dominate 500 people who hate his guts. Mm. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love that. It's uh, those train. That's one of the one of the big limitations on the training was finding trainers who uh, who could manage it because it requires. Like I say, well, yeah, this is it's hard to explain, but but um, well, it's impossible to explain. But I mean, for well, for instance, one of the things, one of the big things about the training is is doing what you say you're going to do. There are a bunch of rules you have to agree to before you do it, and uh, and of course everybody agrees to them to do the training. And then when it gets into the training, nobody want everyone wants to make some excuses for why they can't do what they said they were going to do. And they don't, they don't allow any of that bullshit. You know, they just say, look, here's, here are the rules. This is the game. For instance, there are two bathroom breaks. If you go out in the morning, you know, if, if, if you're supposed to be there at 8 in the morning and you go out and have a big breakfast and drink 12 cups of coffee and then go into the training, and you got to go to the bathroom every 10 Buddy minutes for, the, for three your hours, you're in big trouble. Because they're not going to let you out of the room. If you, go, if you leave the room, you leave the training. Oh. Yeah, you can go. Go to the bathroom. Don't come back. 
we told you what the rules were. Why did you go out? And, and so it's, it's really about getting people to accept responsibility for what they create for themselves. And, but everyone goes in there and wants to blame them. Well, I got to go to the bathroom. What do you mean I can't go to the bathroom? <laughs> you know, wow, they went out and drank 12 cups of coffee and then come into a seminar where they know they can't go to the bathroom without quitting the seminar, and then they whine about it. It, it sounds like I wasn't too off the, far off the mark when I guessed Gurdjieff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or yeah. Gurdjieff. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> he, he probably wouldn't be upset if I mispronounced his name. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, it's good to see that there's still... What's the biggest city in Texas that you're close to? Houston. Houston, okay, San Antonio. I, mean, I don't see. Uh, doesn't look like they have it in Houston. Yeah. Oh wait, a minute. maybe they do. I'm. Wait a minute. No. Yeah, oh yeah, Houston. there is Houston. Yeah. Okay. Houston has a ton of people, but it often gets excluded in different events and things. And I don't know why that is. But wait, which website are you looking at? Uh, LandmarkWorldwide.com. Uh, uh, I just clicked on register. Okay, and uh, they have one in Houston. Oh no, it's all yeah in October eighteenth, nineteenth, twenty second, twentieth, and twenty second. Five hundred and twenty five dollars. I don't know why that's cheaper. Twenty five dollars cheaper for Houston. You're getting a break. <laughs> So yeah, there is one in Houston in October. Yeah, that would be cool. I'd love to hear what it's you know what what it's like these days because it's you know surely changed a lot since I did it. Well, probably won't be able to go to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, whatever. Uh, yeah, I'd love to get somebody to go to one of those and find out what it's like nowadays. I think that they'd have a lot more trouble with people people having problems with that kind of thing, like not following the rules uh, than than before because of how how people act these days. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I'm I'm going to look around the site and. And there's some videos about it. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look around. That was a big part of my life for a while. Um, it was, it was pretty amazing. I'll tell you, on the final night of this final Sunday night after two weekends, there were, like I said, there were about 500 people in the training I did. It was in the Ambassador Hotel in downtown L.A. And um, on the final evening, if if you can imagine. Uh, the World Series, you know, and your hometown team is playing at home on the seventh game of the World Series, and you're behind by three runs in the bottom of the ninth with bases loaded, and some wimpy guy gets up and hits a home run, a grand slam home run, and your team wins the World Series in the last of the, the ninth inning <laughs> to win the World Series. Imagine all of that energy of a stadium packed into one room in a hotel. Wow. 
that was what it was like. It was, it was an amazing experience to see that many people that blown away by, by what just happened to them. I say a couple of days later, it was just a memory, <laughs> but it was a memory that none of them will ever forget. Hmm. I, I'm surprised I haven't heard of it before. You've never heard of Est? I don't think so. Hmm, yeah. Well, that was a long time ago. Yeah, and now it's sort of, uh, you know, disappeared into the woodwork. But it's still there. Like I said, that's, a, that's, that's good to know that they're still out there doing it. Even though they were very, it was really controversial. There was a 60 Minutes expose on Werner Erhard and Est uh, where they tried to show how he was abusing his power and, you know, and all sorts of shit, you know. There was a, a there were a lot of seminars you know, like that around in the late seventies and early eighties. Life Spring was another one, and uh, yeah, yeah, there were a lot of them. And and Werner Erhard was a very controversial figure. He changed his. He was a used car salesman <laughs> before he became a guru. His name oh. was Jack Rosenberg. <laughs> And he changed his name to Werner Erhard and became a guru. <laughs> so he wanted to be German. I don't know what it was. It was uh, I don't. I read the story about it once. He was on an airplane, and uh, something about Werner von Braun, and uh, it was, he picked it out of two people. I, I don't remember just what it was. I think, but but uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but but you know he was. He, he was just a very controversial, and he's, he was so outrageous. Well, you, you watch him talk. There's plenty of YouTube videos of him. Uh, you know, he's just a, a real interest. And he's like I say, he's still doing it. I've seen some recent talks he gave like a year ago or so, and he still makes a lot of sense. And even though he's like 80 now or something, you know, I don't know how old he is. He's pretty fucking old. Actually, let me sit, take a look here. Well, there's old and then there's old. Well, yeah, yeah. No, he still he still thinks real well. He doesn't even. Well, I say I don't remember what he looks like. Uh, haven't. Uh, there. Oh, he's seventy-seven. Okay, shit. So he's seventy-seven, but he still looks good. Shit. Well, we don't know when that picture was taken. Um. Yeah. Well, picture was taken two years ago when he was seventy-five. Oh, wow. That is pretty good. Yeah, that that's also one of the things that I want to figure out. Although I guess it's probably just more of my own particular baggage, but uh, I, I've often been fascinated with how some quote-unquote old people can look or act and talk not very old at all and yeah. others can just look so damn old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's something that happens where someone gets just, it's almost as though their, their, their energy has become diffuse or something like that. Yeah, health has a lot to do with it for sure. You know, yeah. And then whether or not people have an active mental life. I mean, I think that's a big part of it, you know, is the pe people, you know, people who just go to work every day, come home and watch Dancing with the Stars and get up and go to work the next day. You know, what do you expect? Their brains rot. 
too much alcohol. Yeah, that doesn't help either. Yeah, I'm just looking at Im you know Google image search for Werner Erhard, and uh, yeah, he still looks pretty fucking good. That's amazing. You can see why why people didn't like him when he was young and you know and an ex car salesman <laughs> selling seminars at five hundred bucks each you know all over the world making tons of money and and actually having a cult I mean yeah yeah it, the whole thing was accused of being a cult and and it was in in, in some sense I guess because. Yeah, you know, people did that, and their lives changed, and they became what I called estholes, <laughs> because they wouldn't shut up. They, you know, their life became about getting everybody else to do the air hard, or you know, the S training, and then everybody, you know, all their family and everybody began to hate them and wonder what happened. You know, they went to this thing, and now all they ever talk about is doing the S training and all the jargon that comes with the training. You know, so it got a, a really bad reputation for a few years. <laughs> Evangelists. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, people were, uh, yeah, people came out of that training. Um, evangelical, absolutely. They built the organization on that. In fact, there were very few paid staff members. Almost all the work that got done in the organization was done by volunteers who had done the training and just wanted to be involved with uh, with the process. I think the uh, Santa Monica Center, which, which is the one here and out for L.A., uh, that was a big building, and they I think they only had like maybe 10 or 12 paid staff, but there were like 100 people there working all the time. You know that that's very similar to what they said about Osho in his camp. Is always mm -hmm. a cult. Oh yeah, Osho. Yeah, well, anybody. See, that's how you can tell a cult because a cult actually changes your life. See, if you go to church every Sunday and then go home on Monday and forget it and just screw everybody over and rip them off and do business as usual and it makes no difference in your life, well, that's not a cult. But if you go out and do something and it changes your life and all you do is talk about it and you change the way you do everything and and become obnoxious in talking about it, well, then that's a cult that, <laughs> because it actually made a difference in your life. If it doesn't make any difference, then it's not a cult. I hadn't heard it explained like that before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if, it, if people come out of it changed in a way that they're – friends and family disapprove of well <laughs> you know that's what you get uh i recently had a uh interaction i guess with something like that here there's uh have you heard of maum meditation no m-a-u-m no uh, well, it's some kind of deal going on, and I heard about it because there's some kind of center or whatever going on here near me, and I was thinking about going, and I uh, I sent an email uh, to someone running it, and and I I had these questions that were a little critical about it, and they didn't address any of them, and they said, oh, we'll just come to the first meeting, then you know, yeah. yeah, and uh, the, the thing was at someone's house in a residential neighborhood, and yeah, and I, after looking at the the stuff that I had been, or or their reply, I was thinking, wow, I found a cult. Yeah, yeah, and there are a lot I, of them. <laughs> obviously, I didn't go, but yeah, 
And it, it, it threw me, though, because if you look at their website, um, the, 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 basis, the, the basic understanding that they have uh, fits with what I'm familiar with in, in other spirituality and, and metaphysics and stuff like that. Where you sort of um, drop the the uh, the fake persona and then you know awaken yeah. to the the world consciousness or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a little frightening to uh, see their videos and things where they. Oh, that's what it was. I was trying to get them to say something, anything about the the actual practice of the meditation that they were proposing and they uh -huh. would not in any of their videos or their email to me explain any detail about uh -huh. what the meditation actually was. And I refuse to take part on that basis. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can understand why they might do that, but, um, you know, it depends on how you go about, doing that you know i mean sometimes you want you want to get you know people fresh i mean like a movie you know if you sometimes it's best to go into a movie not having any idea of what the movie is about or what's going what's going to happen or what kind of movie it is or anything if you go in with expectations you know yeah. oh this is a comedy oh okay <laughs> you know but uh, you know, so so you you may want to get people coming in without expectations but you know like I say you may who knows why they do what they do I don't know that would probably be well I'm not a joiner the only reason I went to the S training is because I got in for free I certainly wouldn't have paid for it I, I, well I didn't have the money I couldn't have paid for it so <laughs> <laughs> I, I get suspicious when people are secretive. Uh, well, you probably should be suspicious all the time anyway, whether they're secretive or not. They may <laughs> not appear to be secretive. They may be appearing to be very open and may have a completely different agenda. That's true. So, yeah, whether they're secretive or not. Now, if they're secretive about being secretive, then, but of course, then you wouldn't know. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's probably good to be skeptical about everything. I went because I'd, I'd talked to people who had been through it, and every one of them, without a doubt, said it was one of the most important things that, that had ever happened to them. And I was just curious. I, I didn't get that much out of it, actually. <laughs> you know, But what I got out of it was that it's possible in two weekends to blow people out of the water. People who had never studied it, never, you know, I mean, I, I didn't realize that a well-orchestrated set of experiences over two weekends under highly controlled situations could dramatically alter a person's perceptions of who and what they are and what the world is about. That gave me great uh, comfort knowing that uh, and it didn't work for everybody. Uh, I'd say out of 500 people, probably 20 or 30 quit before, you know, left 
pissed off before it even got started, you know, like in the first weekend. Uh, a couple people were carried out on stretchers who had went into convulsions at some point. <laughs> you know, one of the processes they had is they'd take one whole, you know, we were sitting in, uh, you know, chairs, you know, and there's an up an uplifted stage in front, you know, and we were all sitting in folding chairs, you know, lined up. And they'd take one whole row all the way across, and we'd walk up on the stage, and then we stood on the stage while... Uh, people who were with the seminar, you know, the assistants and seeing, would walk up and down in front of people and just stare at them, just look at them, up and down, look at their feet, look at their body, look at their face, look at everything. And, and the people were told to don't do anything, just stand there, don't take a position or anything, just stand there and don't do anything, just stand there, okay? And they're standing there in front of 450 other people and five or six people are standing like two feet in front of them walking up and down sort of like military you know inspecting the, the troops you know and uh, some people fainted huh. they just you know I mean that's thing that's the beauty of, of when you get 500 people you get a good cross-section of humanity and you see all sorts of things that that normally you just wouldn't see you know because people are guarded, you know, but this whole thing was meant to break down all of that shit. And uh, I think two or three people on that one were taken out on stretchers. <laughs> no refunds. <laughs> well, I think the people who, who had medical problems did get refunds. I don't know. But the people who left because they were pissed off and they couldn't go to the bathroom, they didn't get a refund. <laughs> That's their, that was their lesson, <laughs> which, of course, they probably didn't get. They probably still think those assholes wouldn't let me go to the bathroom, and I had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a recurrent theme, where people are completely unfamiliar with the idea of making sacrifices in order to, to reach goals. Yeah. Well, it's hardly a sacrifice to be smart enough to... Well, again, it, it's part of it is thinking people are just in ruts, you know? They get up and they always drink 12 cups of coffee in the morning, and they just simply are unaware that they're not, you know, I mean, they were told there's no, ba you know, there's two bathroom breaks, that's it, you know? But they didn't warn anybody not to take, not to drink a bunch of coffee in the morning. But uh, you know, a bunch of people did, <laughs> and so they learned very quickly. <laughs> I've noticed that that kind of thing happens a lot with people uh, going into something and being told to turn off all their phones and stuff. Yeah, and, and yet inevitably, there's somebody who doesn't. Yes. Oh, that's about other people's folks. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, me, me, me. Oh, you want me to turn mine off? Oh. Yeah. Of course, I'm the opposite. I'm the I don't have to worry about that so much because uh, no one calls me. Yeah, I, I yeah, but they I have alarms on my phone though that go oh. off. I had one go off once in a in a concert. I was God humiliated. I, I have a thing that tells me to take my vitamins, <laughs> and 
and anyway, yeah, I was at a concert and um, it went off. <laughs> well, depending on which concert you're going to. You're yeah, I was right here. Yeah, if it was the Rolling Stones, it wouldn't make much difference. No, no one would be able to hear it. <laughs> yeah, no, but it wasn't, unfortunately. It was uh, something else. Listen, I got to go. I got to eat something here. All right. So, um, well, this is interesting. I, I'm uh, I'm going to do a little reading up on Werner Erhard and see what he's. I haven't thought about him in years, and I look. I, I did a Google, and there's just tons of information on him now. So I, I think I'm going to peruse a little bit of this stuff, see what um, he's up to. Uh, re- real quick before we go, can can I address something about the uh, the meditation thing? Sure. Talk about yeah. Um, I'm not sure exactly why, but when we, uh, when I spoke about it earlier and you said to, to hold it um, until we can talk later, I, I have been feeling a, uh, an undercurrent of anxiety now and then uh, for some reason about, uh, about you know, um, not talking about it or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have any reason to be anxious or whatever right i mean you uh you don't have something in store for me that's gonna oh no 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 well actually i'm not quite sure what the question is maybe i should get clear on the question before i answer it what's the question you don't have anything um well, you said something like uh, uh, responsibilities or, or obligations or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if we're going to work together, we're going to have to set it. You're going to have to establish uh, a regular schedule for meditating and sticking to it. Oh. Yeah, not, I mean, you know, whatever it is, I mean, you're going to have to come up with it and and you're going to have to stick to it. So like a... Like a, a scientific experience where you have to have the controlled situation. Well, no, it's just that, like I say, all the talk and stuff is nice, but uh, what really counts is doing the sitting and observing what's going on. Without that, the rest is meaningless. The experience is more important. Well, not more important, but I mean, it's it's what the talk is about. Yeah. And without a sufficient amount you know, and, and there needs to be enough. Like I say, really, it needs to be twice a day, 20 minutes. That's it. Maybe six days a week. It doesn't have to be every day. Maybe even five days a week. I don't know. But but we'll, but we just need to talk about it and figure out what can work for you. And 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 actually, I'd say this needs to be for at least six months. Otherwise, there's just not much point in doing it as far as I can see. Not much point in... Well, in me being involved. I mean, if I'm going to take my time to be involved with you in this thing, then um, I want to do everything I can to make sure it's going to work. And in the absence of a committed uh, frame of mind to do the sitting, it won't work. For me. I see. Man, I... 
Well, I, I, I'm sure there, there isn't any uh, problems associated with this, but I, I don't know why, but all of a sudden I, I just, you know, started feeling really uh, anxious and... and uh, mm, good. <laughs> Something's going on. <laughs> Something got stirred up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's 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 not all but i mean that's 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 the the biggest thing probably is that there really is going to take is it, it, i need a commitment on your part to actually do the sitting you mean uh specifically specific, specifically a certain type of yeah of activity mean, or yeah i mean sitting uh, doing uh you know paying attention to your that breathing that death breathing thing that that's really a starting position you can do that sitting too that's why i think we need to talk about all this stuff uh there's there, you know about just exactly I, I was sort of vague before about just exactly what the process is we need to go over that and i need to clarify exactly what the process is and basically it means doing it twice a day for at least six months yeah well i i guess i'm not i don't have a problem with a, a, a commitment to to meditate and stuff so much as i i feel i might have a problem with a commitment to do it in a particular way well that's what we need to talk about like I say, we need to we need to hack hack these things out because doing it in a particular way is very important. It's not yeah. just about doing any goddamn thing you feel like doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can do that. You don't need me for that. If you want to do it with me, then this this is the way. This is the only way it's going to work. Okay. And it's okay if 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 you don't like that too. I mean, that's we can always talk and you know. But like I say, talking about this shit, well, is good. <laughs> but uh, well, you already know that we've already been through that. You you've, you're already better at talking about this shit than most people. So what? Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, I'll I'll let you go ahead and, and get to your stuff. And, Thanks. And, uh, uh, maybe maybe tomorrow. Okay. I'll talk to you later then. Bye.